What's going on, everybody? Welcome back into another episode of the Dogs Basketball Podcast here on this Friday to recap everything that has happened in the last couple of days. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Alert. Noah, we'll just jump right into it. Not much of an intro. It's It's been just a whirlwind of the last three days, some of it inevitable. I'd say three days because actually it went back to earlier this week. Half of the things we're about to talk about were inevitable, and a couple of them kind of by surprise, but we'll jump into specifics of certain ones, uh, you know, maybe of why they did or didn't kept us by surprise. But no, this is a podcast almost dedicated to the, like I said, to the inevitability of certain players foregoing their final year here and moving on to better opportunities. What's going on? We'll talk about it all. Yeah, it's been a really um, tough week for Saluki basketball from guys you've been waiting on decisions and obviously hopeful that they would come back, but obviously knew we knew um, that the longer it went, the probably the bad news we were going to get. And, uh, yeah, it's just – it's been a week. I mean, it sets up for – an exciting next month or so because there's spots, so many spots to fill. And uh, we've been watching all the film from all the guys that we've been reportedly interested on. And um, we have who we like, and obviously we have no input, but if we did, we, we think we'd put together a pretty good team. Yeah, there's a lot of guys since we last talked. We actually just tweeted one recently, a very notable one. Yeah, we'll talk about all these other guys. Yeah, we both watched the highlight tape, and we'll give our feedback on them. Obviously, who else is in on them, uh, the potential fit, and maybe our our list of who we might like out of all of the ones there. We will do that here in a second. But let's start out with just dedication to a lot of these guys. Manoa, let's kick off with the one that first happened. It was on, I believe – Let's see here, Monday or Tuesday. And this is one of the first ones that caught us off guard. And we it's ironic because we were just talk because we talk every day. You and I talk every day about everything with SIU and just what the next team on the on the horizon of these decisions and thinking about what the team could look like next year, what it could look like moving forward, who who could still be on it. And it came to our attention that uh, you know, they'd be having these meetings still. You know, and we would know stuff within the first two weeks. We had a good source on that. And it literally the day of the domino fell, Noah, in the afternoon of Dalton Banks entering the portal. And I say it's ironic because right before that we were talking about his role and potentially of, you know, if he leaves, you know, is it that big of a hit? You know, obviously he's a guy I'll let you dive in, Noah, to that 2020 recruiting class. Uh, he was the last one, but just the fact that, you know, if we were hoping and we don't know anything else on, you know, like Xavier Johnson coming back, we like to think that's a good uh, chance of happening right now that, you know, Dalton would be the backup again. And, you know, X and Dalton can play with one another. We've seen it, you know, we've seen it at times this season, but clearly Dalton still would have been the backup. And we'll get into an article even that somebody had on him about his role and want to expand it. But no, like I said, we were talking about his role. And ironically, that day is the day that he, is that he's entering the portal looking for a horizon. You can dive dive into the teams that are already interested in him because, as we know, if people enter, they hear from people almost immediately. Yeah, it's one of those things where we brought Dalton in, part of that, the first actual class for this staff that having a full season and putting a class together, and these three guys were were supposed to be the cornerstone after Lance, Marcus, and Trent came through, they're supposed to be the guys that were going to be a seniors um, staying together, and they did not last. All three of them are gone now. Um, pretty, pretty good post by um, us thanking Dalton. I mean, this is a kid that he came here, his family invested in it, helped bring back this program to where it is now, and hopefully it continues to go – but he has a lot of, a lot of guys interested in him. Obviously, right away, Simo, maybe the connection with Connor Wheeler, a guy that used to be on the staff, 
um, would be interested in him. Illinois State is the only Valley school to reach out to him so far. Um, there's a bunch of others. Uh, Green Bay is a notable one. We'll get to more about them here in a little bit. Um, South Dakota, um, some other schools that really – the schools that recruited him hard um, at a high school and that failed to land him, but we were able to – are in on this kid. I mean, we joke about Valpo should be in on him because he always played well in that arena. Um, but, yeah, it's tough, but – it's it is what it is. I mean, he's a he's a senior now, and his role was going to was wasn't going to be very big because we have to take steps as this program, and it just sucks that he hasn't taken the strides we thought he could. Yeah, and one thing you said recently about it was not only the fact of you know the development of that class, and we know Eric Butler who. Played in a couple games. The red shirt was thrown off him in some games when he played, come playing garbage time. We liked what we saw from him. He was out that first year. Kyler, two years. He was out after that second year. We know he went to Walford. And it seemed like he took a step back from being an all-freshman team member to the next year. And then Dalton, who's been steady, you know, for the most part, he is the prototype backup that we would have loved to have. And seeing him leave, because, like I said, you, you said recently that – Dalton should have been groomed to be that point guard next to Lance to where we wouldn't have had to go get an X. And obviously, you know, Dalton got in right, you know, into college around COVID time. And, you know, obviously that segues into now what the portal is to where you, you know, we talk about the over recruitment and that's what we were leading to up until the news broke and stuff. And, you know, that 2020 class, you know, you never want to see a full recruiting class and it's really about three per season that we get, you know, obviously, K last year and Kennard so far this year is only one, but the seasons prior to that were three. So it's like, well, we still have three from 2021 class, and now all of them are gone. It's not a good look, but it shows in this day and age now. We talked about Kyler. Man, you're a great interior guy. You can't shoot, and you can't play a whole lot of heck of a defense. And, you know, he had a fine year for Walford this year, and Butler, I guess he didn't want to wait anymore, and they went out of their way to go recruit that kid. And then it was nice to see Dalton stay loyal. As you said, yeah, his family was big time involved, just like Kyler's was. And, uh, you know, Peg and Jeff Banks were huge on Twitter and huge followers of ours, and they loved SIU. And 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 quickly here on an article that was from a uh, Eclair news cycle, he, uh, Dalton told them that um, before, obviously, at the time of this, early in the week, he said they have a number of fifth-year seniors that are still undecided on if they'll return. Banks said it was in his best interest to find a school that has more certainty and will allow him to continue to grow as a player. And th that's what it boils down to. And we'll get into it in a second. Like that did boil down to the decisions of those players. But, you know, we love Dalton's time. You mentioned Valpo. Valpo should, should be in on him. And it's no surprise seeing Brad Korn in on him. He needs guards to fill next year. He's got some coming in. Uh, but we know Dalton's an awesome player. It seemed like he just is, is stayed the same throughout most of his career. He had so many great flashes of, uh, offense and we talked about when he when he got stronger he was like our best post player almost because he would actually last year he would take guys to the post and actually look to score but again he's the he's the prototype backup point guard and he's looking for his final two years of eligibility to play meaningful minutes and honestly no we can't blame him at all and uh, like I said it's sad seeing that 2020 class totally evaporate but again if we're looking to recruit higher and recruit better players for the team. It's just knowing that Dalton had been in the program and he knows what it takes in the league and everything else. No, I think that's the biggest thing we'll miss about him. But again, uh, he wants more playing time. And honestly, in the end, you can't blame him though. Your final thoughts on Dalton departing. Yeah, obviously, um, hopefully he finds that place because um, he deserves it. I mean, he's been working towards it, but the staff has, I've been preaching about for, a while now how is hasn't developed guys at a good rate and it just sucks seeing him um hit the portal but it is what it is he deserves to go find out where fits him best and maybe he does find that home um closer to home now that we'll get into it later i think he ends up probably at green bay um closer to home finding a role um uh, be able to really use his skills in the horizon league um, because what he's learned here in the Valley, he'll be very 
very well adjusted to be able to dominate that league. Yeah, and I haven't been on his Instagram, been waiting for him to post something himself for us to honor him. But I guess whenever he commits somewhere, which that article did say he wanted to commit within the next couple weeks. Uh, so obviously, you know, and we're, we're going to miss Dolan. Like I said, his family was in it and he was dedicated. We I saw a video earlier that they were posting of uh, the, all the, most of the players talking about brackets and holding up teammates' pictures if whoever is good or bad at this. And they're talking about how he's the meme uh, God, you know, in their group chat. And we remember hearing before, he was one of the most active guys in the group chat. Uh, so he cared a lot. They're talking about he's got, you know, an interesting uh, pregame ritual or, you know, pregame stuff. So he was dedicated and he showed it. And I wish I wish the best for Dalton 100% and when hope he does find that spot, as you said. And it does seem like he'll be heading to a place we will get to, but we'll end with the reason why he can maybe go to a Green Bay. Just and we'll just go by timeline here because we would just I get well, let's just talk about that because we let's save the best two guys for last. Noah Pat Monahan, as we know, pivotal. And like and I mentioned earlier, like some people maybe don't know who he is. If you see Mike have an interview with him or hear it on the radio, I'm talking like the casual fans, guys that people who aren't on Twitter are aren't in the total know like how we know we are. We know Pat clearly. Noah, his impact has been. I mentioned in the tweet, irreplaceable, it seems like. We know how he can recruit in the northern states, called him king of the north recently. Uh, he's kind of He was kind of last on the totem pole of coaches. You know, we've had that big four of coaches. You know, Connor Wheeler left for SEMO. He was like the fifth one. But, no, he's shown dedication to this program and Brian since he's been here, Pat Monahan, and he's leaving us. And we were talking how, you know, I think it, it was an overwhelming agreement for most of the fan base that we we need either and you said this to me earlier and you can jump into it again maybe not you know uh have anybody leave maybe add somebody and we were talking about you know which coach people would want to leave more you know like i said people might not know a whole lot about patch because he sits kind of in the middle of the bench but obviously people like us know his importance as a recruiter noah he is heading to green bay and we kind of Knew this was on the horizon. You told me people were talking about this potentially happening. And you know, now it's an official. It was officialized yesterday. Like I said, kind of an irreplaceable guy to replace. And, you know, obviously we'll have the team will have to segue to finding that next guy that can replicate what he did, like I said, in the, in the northern states to recruit. Because we'll jump into the first player after this. No, he was he was pivotal in landing one of the best players in program history. No, we're going to miss Pat a lot. Yeah, absolutely. This is a guy that he was, um, I'd say, the best recruiter on the staff. Um, a guy who it just sucks losing this time of year when we just lost three players to the portal. We have so many spots to fill. And hopefully by midweek next week they have it filled. Um, but I just now checked his Twitter page. He has officially changed it over to Green Bay. So, he is officially headed up there, and he's going to kill it up there. That's where he strives. He brought he he's a big part of Marcus bringing in him, Dalton, Foster Wonders. I mean, any any of those guys in the past years we've been in on um, up in the Minnesotas, Wisconsin's, the Michigans. It's because of him and losing this. I mean, we've talked about it that. It sucks losing a coach, um, especially a recruiter like this. But a lot of the, a lot of what we've been talking about is this. This team needs a a change of offensive scheming and just needs to change the pace, maybe. And maybe this is how it is because we didn't want to lose Pat, but maybe they can bring a guy in that's can still recruit at a high level, but has some different different ideas to help this team and take it in that next step. But it sucks seeing him go. He's going to go kill it in the Horizon League, but that is probably the main reason. Um, I see Dalton Banks headed probably to Green Bay um, to play for him. And I also, hopefully, that doesn't mean um, his main his Foster Wonders could be on the way out as well. I don't think that'll happen at this point. I think it would already happen, but um, he's got a a lot too. That's a brand new coach. Um, I think they're going to do well in the Horizon League. Uh, coach Sundance 
um, is a really good coach. So hopefully we have some news by the middle of next week that we have a new assistant. I have no idea. There's been names. One name that I've we've just thrown around, um, but I have no idea who it would be. Yeah, no idea. And you, you would think that this is something that's kind of been in the works, even though, yeah, Sundance Wicks just got hired there, that he would have connections. He would want people with, with ties to that area and all those states. But we've said before, you know, we never groomed anybody to take the next step of a head coach. And it seemed like Monaghan was a great, like in his own right, developer, recruiter, and he's obviously a really good coach that maybe he's not ready for a head coaching job yet. That, that, you know, as anyone else on our staff, but the fact that he's going to be another assistant somewhere, we talked about, you know, not sure like what the, you know, some, we know what the top two guys on the staff are relative of what they make in comparison to like what Javon Maman or Pat make that maybe he's, he's going to where he's originally from. Maybe he just knows Sundance, you know, originally going to where he's from. Maybe he's getting a pay raise. We don't know any of that. We don't want to speculate on reasons why we will get a Mike Reed's kind of confirmed that we will get an interview once the dust settles. I think with this also with guys we can add and obviously the departures of the next two we'll talk about. Um, but again, you wanted to see guys go take head coaching jobs. And this was kind of salt in the salt in the wound with all these other moves. This kind of made it to where, you know, things can kind of be viewed in a bad light, even though with all the, you know, inevitability per se, but then knowing you lose a guy like this is definitely crucial. And we did make the tweet about him and it does seem like clearly he's going there. They're talking about, yeah, as you mentioned, obviously with all those guys, Marcus Dalton, Foster, how many mentions on here, clearly he was, crucial to landing you know a lot of that 2021 class with Troy and Scotty as well even though we know Javon who's awesome recruiter in his own right as well had a lot to do with a lot of these guys also but again like you hate that he leaves to go be in another assistant whenever he was already an assistant here but he had four amazing years here because like I said he one of those guys ended up being one of the best players in program history that he was able to get so we do wish Pat luck uh, with everything, it is unfortunate seeing, and you're right, hopefully sometime soon, because he would probably let Brian know that he would be doing this. But if Wicks just got the job, you would think that it's kind of a sudden thing. Uh, but I think Brian would be all for having his guys go take different opportunities. You know, he would love them to stay, but that does mean segue, and that's part of the job. We know in football, Noah, that – and it's football, it's different. You have a lot more coaches, but you have a lot of – carousel of coaches in that sport we know of some a lot from this past season for them it happens in every sport it's just how you go replace them so we'll be looking forward to that we wish pat monahan all the best except if we play green bay and you know there's nothing out of the reach of maybe playing them at some point down the road on a schedule or something like that with now this in tech so we do wish pat all the best now noah to the biggest ones of all and like i said these were kind of inevitable we knew before the season and throughout the season, and we remember going to the UIC game and it was kind of just hovering a cloud over everything of if these guys would return. And that is Marcus Damask and Lance Jones. They made their own post recently. Uh, obviously the news first comes because obviously we'll, we're just going about our work day. We talk on the phone a lot. You call me breaking the news because verbal commits is the first one to get it out. Shortly after that, the guys post their own, Posts. And again, Noah, this kind of seemed inevitable. We had posts about these specific guys, you individually, us on the account. And we, we've talked so much about these guys and the impact they made. We alluded it to it in that we'll start with Marcus and, you know, knowing that he was going to Northern Kentucky and then their coach left and went to Cincinnati. He opened up his recruitment. That's when Pat Monahan strike, you know, stroked the Wisconsin area, get him out of that because we talked about. Northern Kentucky makes the tournament. If they had Marcus, who knows? If we didn't have Marcus, who knows? Noah, it just seems like clearly that's one of the best decisions. And that's why Pat should be on a pedestal because he was able to do that. And Marcus, of course, had a phenomenal career. We talked about a lot. He's the only player with Darren Brooks to be like 1,600 points, 500 rebounds, and like 200 or 300 assists. And both were number one. We talked about their, they need to just retire the whole number one and honor both those guys. Uh, no, again, we kind of saw this coming, and Marcus did all those stats with barely only – he only played 10 games his sophomore year. We tweeted kind of – we it, it's, it stinks that we couldn't get over the hump for him as a team. You know, every season had its own 
whatever. The past two seasons when Marcus has been healthy, we've had our chances. And this year was a special one. You know, he had his chance to be player of the year. He was a first team member as he was predicted to be. And Noah, he he's making the choice to go, you know, give himself a better chance to play. He's, he's going out as a grad transfer. And like I said, kind of inevitable, Noah. Your thoughts on this? You can talk about the teams that are already in on him. Like I said, you hear right away for guys like this. And, uh, Noah, of course, we know Marcus's impact on this program's history. Dive into, you know, him leaving. Like I said, the team's in on him. Your overall thoughts of, of Marcus clearly in his career because obviously, like I said, he he's going down in history, and he'll be in that Hall of Fame one day. Yeah, absolutely. He'll be um, whatever the years you have to wait. He'll be the next year. He'll be in. Um, but this is a guy where, as a freshman, he came in and he was the guy right away, and he put so much on his shoulders. And just knowing the knowing the decision and knowing him that it was well thought out and from all sides that we just wish him well and know that um, he was the main pillar when I said in my, my own tweet that he's the main pillar of the rebuild of Saluki basketball. He's one of the best ever to wear maroon. I mean, this is kid that probably won't ever see anything like it. I mean, you can talk about the duo. We might, it'd be tough to compare another duo to these guys, but it just sucks. But, we do know that there was the best foot forward to come together and collect as much NIL compensation we could to land, to get him to come back. Um, but the, at, at the end of the day, it wasn't about that. This kid wants to win, and he thought it was best to move on, and he does, he's not going to return. So that just says that he knows that, even if they ran it back, it would not be enough. So he wants to play in the NCAA tournament, and I can't blame him for that. So this is a kid that is going to have a lot of interest. Um, we do know that um, the night of he announced it, I do know that he met with Iowa State. Um, that's a, one of the first schools to reach out to him. We know Wisconsin he was on. Um, I would say at this point he, it was a visit when he went and saw Bradley play in the NIT against them. Um, but we do also know he's heard from BYU, Southern, uh, South Carolina, Cal, Virginia, Pittsburgh. I mean, the list goes on. I mean, this this is a guy where he could play it anywhere. But I think if Wisconsin's gonna, if they're gonna reach out, that's got to be his dream school. Being from the state of Wisconsin, I think he ends up there. Um, but I told you um, yesterday, I think that. Wisconsin's not even a surefire to make the tournament. Um, I think one of their best players just entered the portal, but it's going to be tough, but I think he ends up there, and I think he would do well there. Yeah, and we said in the thing that, you know, he'd be, you know, he'd be doing an injustice for himself and, you know, not doing himself, you know, kind of what we said, you know, A.J. Green did. He tested the like Marcus is. He's also testing the NBA draft waters as well. We know, like we see, you know, whether you compare the two or not, A.J. Green, two-time player of the year, he's now playing minutes for the Milwaukee Bucks. That's Marcus's favorite team just in general. Like, you got to test yourself as a grad transfer with those options as well as obviously leaving your name. And Marcus had the kind of season to warrant all of it, you know, and people are talking. There are people with different – that cover different teams saying, you know, someone's been mentioning about him for a couple years now. And, you know – it was almost inevitable that he would do this because he was good enough. And we know this in the state of college basketball and it stinks, you know, because we have other teams as well that aren't mid majors, but the biggest of all, and the one we care about most is one that if you're going to have great players, they're going to get picked apart. It's it, before that, it was never a thing within the last five years. Clearly it has. And before that, hardly ever, because you had guys that were loyal and Marcus has given us, for the most loyal seasons in Saluki history. Like I said, the production speaks for itself. I mentioned barely playing a sophomore year. If he came back, he would be the all-time leading scorer. He would, you know, all depending. We know the guy who just won the Larry Bird player there. As long as he's there, he's probably going to win it the remaining of the year if he's there. Marcus would give himself a great shot at that. Like I said, pass the scoring record, almost break every statistical category with maybe 10 more games total 
than the typical like four-year career. So he would barely be going over that. So bad weather around here. Uh, so it, it's just, and like I said, he couldn't have gave us, he was loyal. He's been loyal all the way up to this point uh, with, um, you know, not ever doing this beforehand. Like he wanted to come back this year. We knew that it was a year to do, you know, pretty good things. And that's what we did. So it's like, yeah, he wants to play an NCAA tournament. You can't blame him. And you mentioned Wisconsin. Yeah, they've kind of, they were, they lost in the final four of the NIT. That's kind of seems like they're hovering around, but he would choose there over anywhere because it is his dream school. You're right. He didn't just go watch Bradley just because he was on spring break and going there. It was for a visit. We did find that out. And he's been in touch with other teams as well. The Iowa States, some of the teams that you mentioned. And again, he'd be doing himself an injustice if he didn't do this. And we, and we want him to do that. We said before, we said weeks ago, just enter your enter your name on the portal. Like we kind of alluded to the fact that it probably was going to happen and that it should have happened. Uh, and yeah, you can't like, cause if he came back, clearly we'd be picked the way we were. You'd have a first team member coming back and all that jazz. And again, you can't blame him for doing all of that. So like I said, he, he will be entering the portal. I mentioned, cause you know, the arena doesn't put up portraits at some point. Hopefully they will. We were talking, it's unfortunate for guys like him and Anthony Bean, two of the best players that have ever played here in the last, and definitely, you know, both of them within the last decade, the two best players over the last decade, that they might not, and they should edit that. But we know as that place was built, all that place has revolved around winning and history. And this was Marcus's most winning season. Anthony Bean had a 20 win season as well. But, you know, they didn't make the NCAA tournament. Those teams have, aside from what they did back in the day. So maybe they won't even make the you know, the murals one day, which it's outrageous if they don't. We were talking about that earlier, but he needs to be remembered in some way besides just being a Hall of Famer. And Anthony Beanstown will be coming up here to be in that as well. It needs to be more than just that because he did resurrect this place. He carried this place. 95% of our production the, the, over his whole career. Great as a freshman. Mentioned not – who knows how everything of every topic around everything, around Brian, around everything happens more if we don't finish ninth that year because Marcus and J.D. were hurt, especially Marcus. If he's not hurt and we started 7-0 and and beat Butler, we were on pace in that COVID year to do a lot of really, really good things. And, of course, if he goes down, you want to be able to to be good without him, but that's just how good he is. You're, you're not going to be very good without him. So who knows how his career and how everything can be, you know, talked about right now as it stands. And, no, I'll, I'll let you hear – do your final thoughts on Marcus, like I said, his career, your opinion on, obviously, this seems like the right thing for him to do. You said you predict him to go probably going to Wisconsin. I agree with that. Noah, your final thoughts on the incredible career of one Marcus to that. Yeah, we couldn't we couldn't ask, up, ask any more out of this kid. I mean, he, like I said, he was the main pillar to rebuild this program. And he gave us us all, I mean, he battled through, injuries and just it sucks that we couldn't they couldn't get it done with this guy on our team with him and Lance um sucks they only got the one Saturday just feels like a big disappointment when you have two players at this caliber but especially a guy with Marcus um not be able to build a team around him to get it done and just sucks um but yeah this is this is the right decision for him to make um, if it was about money, they put a good offer down. I don't know the exact number, but he wants to win and he figures he cannot do that here. So it's the right decision. I support him. Um, unless it's Iowa, I will be finding your next NIL Jersey Marcus. So, um, uh, send me a link when, once that gets done. Yeah. And it, it, it seems like it's more than just not thinking he could win here because it does seem like if he came back, it'd be wide open because there's so much turnover in the league. We'll also get to of some more guys that have left uh, that this would be, we talked about, you know, last year was the year and we ran to a bus all that team of those veterans aren't here anymore to be that bus. to get through that, it would have, he would have a, arguably the best shot clearly this next year. But I think it's more of just, you know, cause uh, you know, and, because we've done it as a program, but just in general, like you see teams that can be able to go far in the NCAA tournaments and get lucky and go on one of those runs. But if he wants to be a part of a, of a powerhouse program that can also, you know, go far because it's who they are and the other players they have on there with them. I think, you know, he just wants to play deep into it. I think clearly he, he appreciates everything because 
something that we need to take pride as a program. Like Marks was always going to be this kind of player, you know, wherever he went, if he stayed in Northern Kentucky or anything, it's just the fact that it did happen here and he lived up to that player. Then now we get, it's kind of like, you know, you, you set some, you set something free, you go see him hopefully be successful in his last season or professional ranks. And he'll be a pro at some point for sure. That it's because he had four great years here to build himself up be able to rehab him back off his injuries to be something like, I think as a program, we should take pride in seeing what he can be the rest of his career because he is at his peak. Like we talked to that year, he missed sophomore year, could have been his peak then off of that awesome so, uh, freshman year. And it's obviously if you get older, you can get better as well. Uh, we could, we could go on and on about Marcus. And like I said, we, we know he's making the right decision. We think he's making the right decision. It was inevitable. You know, it's just, when a career is over, it stinks more because he's got eligibility, but you, we know this day was coming. And, you know, so of course when it's officialized and things start to be like, okay, well, what are we going to do next? And that's the whole thing of it. And that's what we'll continue to talk about as his off season goes on, but clearly an incredible career that will be in the Suki hall of fame. We thank Marcus that we posted about him so much. We'd be nothing without him. That's just the, that's the team that's around him, but it's also just the kind of player that he is. And we, we love Marcus and we, and we do thank him. I, when I was making that post a couple of days ago, I was getting a little choked up with it. Like that's how special he's been. And he'll always know that he started his, his ascension into great player into a professional that it started here. And he'll always remember that. And he will be at that podium here within five years. And we said, of course, you know, should be less than five years for some people like Randall Falker had to wait 15 years to get in. Not sure what the heck happened there, but um we definitely appreciate Marcus and wish him well. We, as you said, we'll get unless he goes to Iowa, we'll be getting his jersey and following him the rest of his career. Zero doubts about it. Uh, and we're hoping that he does end up at his dream school in Wisconsin. So, Marcus, we wish you the best, man. Thank you for four incredible years. So now let's segue to his teammate, Lance Jones. No, it's weird with Lance. We were getting kind of a weird feeling leading up to this because he was posting on his Instagram story of a song titled "I'm Gone." He was taking his comments off of highlights he was posting, which Marcus was posting highlights as well. Uh, you know, so it kind of was like, okay, well, where's your decision? We talked about, heck, our our season almost ended a month ago. We've been waiting for these. We knew these meetings would happen. Like I said, our source confirmed that these meetings, you know, and we'd get decisions within two weeks. Clearly, most of them are happening now. Uh, so um, just the fact that, like I said, Lance had his post leading up to it. Kind of had us deceiving. We and that kind of alluded to the fact that he wasn't going to. No, we I think there was some hope left out there that he would. We talked about it. he's in a different circumstance than Marcus. Marcus, just because he's in the moment a better player, and Lance is coming off a tough year, they both have professional ops, you know, more so probably overseas and stuff, but they're both trying to look for that next uh for that next. Uh, big school to play at. Marcus is going to play somewhere bigger than Lance. Lance is going to have a lot of options as well. We don't know any teams recently that have been on him. Uh, people have, you know, people just haven't reached out to Lance to let them know who is in on him. Uh, but he should be coveted out there. And you know, Lance is one of those, and you can dive into it. And we'll talk about him a little bit more as well. Of He was committed to the previous staff. He was committed to Barry Hanson, committed to those guys. But we kept him on. He stayed loyal. It's ones like Evan Taylor. We see who had a great Lehigh career who's also in a portal now. He's going to be great. Guys otherwise from that class that were committed prior, we know Chris Payton made it with with uh, Kent State. Like those group of guys. We talk about if, if that was a whole class with Marcus included and all these guys stayed like they did, God knows what we could have been. But that class itself, Lance was the only one to stick around before Marcus and Trent came along. No, I think that shows loyalty in and of itself, you know, and that was, you know, the staff being able to convince him otherwise, you know, Coach Maman being there for him, Chicago ties and stuff like that. No, that shows the, the like I said, the loyalty of Lance. And he's had one heck of a career, Noah, in four full years, barely missed any time in his career. He's been durable for the most part. We, we know after that and the conference tournament sophomore year, he also hurt himself. He didn't play in that final game uh, or two games. One and a half, but Noah, I said it in the post, we saw this kid play in high school. We were so excited. He was playing for state championships. You can also jump into his teammate we've mentioned is doing great things with Princeton. Uh, Noah, I mean, Lance was going down in history as well. He will be in that Saluki Hall of Fame as well because he did things that no one else, not a whole lot of others have done in program history from a defensive perspective 
And from a volume production standpoint, like I said, he had an off year this year. And like I said, he was making those posts to kind of know this was going to happen. We weren't sure how it was going to go down, but he made his post. And Noah Lance has been a special player for this program, just as much as Marcus in their own right. But yeah, those two will be together with one another in the history of this program forever and ever. Noah, your thoughts on that? Like I said, we don't have a list for Lance just yet, but your thoughts on the career of one Lance Jones? I mean, what he's been through um, from losing one of his best friends back in 2020, um, losing his aunt, um, his dad going through health problems this year, um, just the ability to keep grinding and uh, fighting those demons his whole career here and giving it giving it his all and really helped setting the standard here at SIU, a two-time All-MVC selection, two-time All-MVC All-Defensive team, um, should have a freshman team on there as freshman year. He was great, but got snubbed. Um, just can't thank him enough for what he's done for this program. Um, didn't have the the senior year he wanted here, um, but dealing with a lot, a lot of demons off the court. So um, he's going to end up somewhere. Um, I, I expect it to be probably closer to home. Um, my you guys aren't going to like this, but my prediction, um, I've told everybody, I think it's Loyola, um, DePaul potentially playing in the Big East, um, but I think he goes closer to home um, and expects maybe a, to continue his career and finish it off the right way. Playing in the A-10 or playing in the Big East um, will fit him very well. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, Drew and Brian would probably have discussions, and we know Loyola kind of in their own transition period. They had Braden North say that he's coming back, and, um, you know, the fact that Lance, you know, it would fit there. It would be closer to home to be with his family during these times and stuff. It makes a whole lot of sense. And, you know, we talk about, oh, we want to schedule Loyola now that they're out of the conference. It'd be fun playing Lance if he were to go there, but it makes so much sense because he's out of conference. We don't have to see him kill us two times a year anymore, but that's just a perfect spot for him. You would you would you would think that he could play it at DePaul in a Big East, but doesn't doesn't seem like it. There are other options close by, but he could get other looks from someone else. Like I said, there's there's twelve hundred people on the portal or more. You, someone's going to be interested in you, no matter how productive you were, where you end up were. But they'll look at his production and see that it warrants having one more year of this. So he ends his career twelfth in scoring with fifteen hundred. And 14, and then this one in steals. He is fifth all-time in steals. He was right behind Stetson Harrison. He's fifth all-time in total and in per game. So, obviously, he's leaving his, his career in that one. And we talked about how he kind of had an off year this year. Uh, but he did have a lot going on in his uh, personal life. So, again, we won't see it. We yeah, There has been a discussion. Will we see another duo like this again? From Marcus being the only 1,600, 500, 300, second only to do that ever. Lance with his... You mentioned some of the accolades, all defense, couple times. You know, he's made all valley teams. Like, you know, for a while yet, it's tough to say because we we said before. I'm sure we said when we were 11 years old. We can kind of say it now. There'll still be another player like Jamal Tatum. He's a combo guard, just like Anthony Bean was. Anthony Bean's the closest thing to Jamal and Lance. He's not the same player. Clearly, he's not the, the player is good, but he's the next closest thing we've had since Anthony Bean. So it's like. We can get those combo guards. You can continue that line of that position. Marcus is in his own territory of doing things that, like I said, only Darren Brooks has done, but just his overall production. We talked about Marcus left a lot on the table. He should already be at 1,800 points with only with still missing 10 point, you know, 10 games his first or only playing 10 games his second year. Um, but if anyone else got the volume that Marcus got the last couple of years, they would have made up for it. And Marcus like left a lot on the table as well. But they're both left leaving – you know, marks on this program, like I said, that will live forever. And it, it's important to talk this on about them because that's how, how vital they were into this next era of SAU basketball. And it had come to our attention, yeah, but not only who Marcus was in on, that it, that kind of came as a surprise last second when the money was there. And we'll get to the NIL uh, thing that came out that we've been hearing about, which I forgot to add to the initial script. That's a big deal. Uh just touching on that, the fact that they, you know, can use that for athletes for every sport, and they call it Floorburn U NIL. We'll talk about more of that as time goes on. We want to spend more of time with this. Um, but yes, those two will live forever, and we will always be forever indebted to those two and Lance sticking with it and becoming the player that he was in these four years as well. 
Uh, indelible marks they've left on this program, without a doubt. Uh, we'll miss them very, very much. And Noah, the third guy, someone we haven't heard about yet, and that's Trent Brown. I like to think he's not coming back. Obviously, he hasn't made his own poll. Like I said, waiting for Dalton to make his. He hasn't. Trent hasn't made his yet. We were thinking it was going to be today because all those guys are Monday, Thursday, or Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Hasn't happened. Maybe we'll get it here at some point. We'll have our own post about Trent at some point when time goes on. So we wanted to um, – Honor those guys for sure here uh, as it goes on. And we'll, we'll continue to talk about them clearly, what the, what their next step is, where they go. We'll talk about that throughout the offseason, obviously into next season, what they're doing. They'll be one of the tops of former Salukis, the ones we talk about, and we'll keep talking about them as time goes on. So, Noah, now let's talk about just real fast, because we know that the meetings have been happening. Our source gave us within two weeks, and that was, I think, for the guys that are returning, but also be for guys you mentioned how, we have already seen a guy like Foster leaving the portal. Uh, that these meetings maybe still are happening. It, it begs us to think that obviously the belief in these guys still being here means that they're going to be uh, pivotal parts, obviously, of a collective group moving on and moving forward. We talked about the potential of Clarence. He was liking these posts of these guys using eye emojis. We talked about him. And obviously we know X. It seems like he's staying, and we're thinking that is the case. Noah, I mean – at this point now, we could see it next week. Anybody can enter the portal at any time. But if you were to – you said Foster, maybe not. If you were to pinpoint, we kind of gave a prediction on the last one of who we think could still leave. But, again, we probably would have known by now. If you were to pick anybody else, who do you think? Because we don't need to be blindsided anymore. Uh, but some of those guys, I don't think we would. But hopefully they can all stick around. Yeah, I hope they do all stick around. Um, I would have said – when Steven all of a sudden transferred last year um, in late April, I that was unexpected. So um, my only – I would say Foster might be the one. Um, he has the most connections with Monahan, and to be able to go play closer to home with him as well um, up north. So I don't think he does leave at this point. I think everybody – um, it's probably solidified and sane, so hopefully that is the best. We haven't heard anything on X. Um, we know he's supposed to graduate in the fall. Um, Clarence, hopefully he stays as well. So those are your two starters you can just build around um, with the other guys we have. You go ahead and pin in those guys for starters next season and seeing how everything else goes. So, Noah, before we get into guys we've been in on, we'll talk about – other stuff that's happened recently, I mean, I'll mention first Tyler Perry, one of the guys we wish we would have added a couple of years ago out of JUCO. He went to North Texas and had incredible success. He just won the NIT recently, and he won NIT most outstanding player. That's one we wish we would have added. That's one that got away. Wanted to touch on that to, I guess, pour more salt in the womb. But no, let's talk about people and the players and coaches that have been leaving the Valley now. You can dive into all these, uh, some more portal entries we've got. But no, let's kick off with Maybe another one inevitable thing that happened uh, over the course. We're talking about the season, maybe the, the the regular seasons they've been having. Kind of what was on the horizon. It was if it could happen, they could give them an extra year. But no, it got it got confirmed. The Matt Lodick got let go from Valpo, and then his best player left. Noah, dive into those details you have, things you know, and then dive into also who else has left the portal since the last time we talked on March twentieth. Yeah, seeing Matt Lodge get fired, I mean, it wasn't a surprise. Um, we knew the rumblings were there. His seat was pretty pretty hot. Um, but we just didn't think that Valpo would get the money together and be able to get the buyout, which um, they ended up coming together and getting the buyout done. I was told like a week before that um, that they were going to – do the best they could to get it together and get the buyout done. They did that. Um, the next day, their best player being Cricky enters the portal. Um, I feel for a guy like Matt Lodich, I mean, the what he's done, um, getting to a Sunday at least at Arch Madness, making a run there, the players he's brought in and developed, um, got Cricky to stay, um, but he brought in guys like Clay and um, J- Javon Freeman Liberty and just the guys he's he was able to get Kobe King back in basketball. I mean, the recruiting he's done is crazy. So, um, I I don't expect it to happen, but that that'd be a guy since we have an assistant spot open. Um, but a lot of guys like to take maybe a year off after 
um, getting getting canned the way they do. So um, it's crazy to see that happen, but it it was not it was not a shocking. But since there's been a lot of injuries in the in the valley, um, I can just run through the guys that have entered the portal and they've already committed elsewhere. Um, we talked about Jalen Jackson, UIC, he's headed back home. The Purdue Fort Wayne, Evan Bronze, Belmont, Iowa, EJ Bellinger from Belmont is headed to Tennessee State. Also from Belmont, Michael Shanks, he's headed to Tennessee State as well. Um, then today, um, point guard Rob Martin, who is a freshman that didn't play very much for Indiana State last year, he just committed to Brad Corn and the SEMO Redhawks. So Brad gets a point guard um, for his team for next year. Then there's a bunch of other names. Um, Isaac Holmes from Indiana State. Zach Hobbs, also Indiana State. Cameron Crawford. Then Valpo, we talked about Ben Cricky. Cam Palese, um, we were in on him at a high school, also from Valpo. Then for Drake, Okai Djamgoos, um, we're in on him. Bryson Burns, Issa Samake. Then for Bradley, uh, Shocker, Zeke Montgomery, um, He's probably going big time. Maybe Louisville um, is calling him um, going back home. Pop Weathers, we're in on him out of Juco. And obviously we talked about Rink Mast. Um, entering the portal is huge. Um, Bradley Fangs like acted like it was no surprise. We knew he was a senior. Just thought I I just thought he would go pro right away. Um, then for Murray State, they've lost a lot. Um, Braxton Stacker of Good freshman, maybe we'll get in on him. Jackson Edwards, DJ Burns, their emotional leader. Um, for um, also for then for Missouri State, Dawson Carper, the big man, battled injuries this year. He's headed. Jonathan Mogbo has not landed anywhere. Also for Murray State, Kenny White's in the portal. For Illinois State, Joe Petrakis and Austin Andrews, two big guys. Liam McChesney's also in the portal. So they're going to look for some big men. Hopefully they don't land any of the guys we are in on. Then for Evansville, they had a big, big roster turnover. Preston Phillips, Gabe Spinelli, Antoine Smith Jr., Blaze Beauchamp, Logan McIntyre, Chris Moncrief, Matus Malavec, um, Xavion Chismoko. Basically the whole team besides Kenny Strawbridge and Gabe Bob, who we do know they're returning. So they have already landed a transfer. One of the very few teams in the Valley besides you and I and Jacob Hudson. Um, they did land a, the freshman in the year from Eastern Illinois. His name escapes me off the top of my head, but a lot of guys in the Valley leaving. It is, I mean, a lot of these aren't really shocking. Um, it sucks for, but some guys are trying to go bigger, expect Zeke maybe to go back home towards Louisville, expect Rink Mast um, in on him that the assistant coach that was big on bringing him there is now at Cincinnati. Maybe there um, he ends up land, landing there and playing in the American or the Big 12, whatever they end up in next year. So a lot of guys leaving the Valley, but there'll be a lot of in, incoming transfers as well. We'll keep you guys updated on yeah, and it's back to Lodic real fast because we've mentioned and there's been people that have been in on like like short lists already of people talking about like people mentioned Brad Korn's name for some reason Conzo Martin, which I can't believe he's not on a staff or he's not a head coach somewhere. He might be on a staff somewhere, I don't know. But talking about his name with that, and we're talking about, you know, Lodic has had to, you know, he hasn't really you kind of feel bad for him because of the way that that school treats all their sports, especially their their number one sport and basketball, that he is able to get those kinds of guys. But it's crazy how he – that just means he's a heck of a recruiter himself, being able to convince young kids from different parts of, you know, the Midwest to convince them. But they initially see the program, see what they have to offer, and they commit to him. That's why, yes, if he wanted to, you know, get his feet wet as an assistant before he'd be a head coach again, because if he didn't have much success – and he gets fired, I'm not sure how many people, you know, would go after him. So he'll be looking for something. And now that a spot is opened up, I think they should go get a guy like that to, like I said, put his name back out there. Be, we talk about Brendan's the associate head coach. Lodic would have to be that kind of thing. But imagine getting his recruiting here. It'd be incredible. But he hasn't really been dealt a fair hand with everything that they've 
have to offer for basketball and everything. We've talked about that a lot. So it's not really his fault for not having guys. And I think it, it's it's easy to please a Ben Cricky to where he just wants to play basketball. He's you know he's not in on anything else. He just wants to play. So he's been able to keep him there around. Uh, but yeah, so they'll have to find a coach and they'll have to start adding players. They'll have to hire somebody before they can officially get guys in the portal. But guys can be in there forever and they'll find somebody. But yeah, a lot of those. I mean, you know, we haven't really seen a list for Rink yet. I mean, Mogbo caught us by surprise. As you mentioned, yeah, we'd like to get back in on a Braxton Stacker, Jackson Edwards, which Prome is, you know, he's right in his wheelhouse of because he had the Big 12 recruitment. He knows what it takes. The portal is right up his alley. He wants to try to pick guys from somewhere and get guys that played at those levels and kind of build around the Jacoby Woods, Brian Moores, Jeremy Morgans. And we know Rob Perry entered his name into the waters and might leave as well with the portal option as well. So it's it's crazy thinking how they'll be deemed next year with the, another brand new team. We saw Missouri State recently. You mentioned some of their players. Uh, relative, mostly they're bringing guys back. They're going to add, they were posting highlight videos of them working out recently. And it's still Chance, it's still Don, it's still Dalen Original, it's still Austin Mason, everybody we knew. Damian Mayo, they're going to be picked because they're keeping most of their team intact, unlike a whole lot of others. They will be picked up to the top next year. And like I said, they will continue to add. Um, Zeke was definitely a surprise. We thought, oh, maybe we could go get him, but he wouldn't leave his position at Bradley. We need to have the same position here. We, we've, you know, Louisville from where he's from, he can go play there now when how they're rebuilding and stuff. He can go play somewhere. That came as a shock as Bradley just announced recently all their NIL stuff. So they're keeping Duke Dean. They signed Hickman and everybody else with, of course, Malavai Leones, and they got a good recruit coming in. So uh, definitely weird standing for everybody. We know you and I and, yeah, added Jacob Hudson and Evansville adding some players, East Illinois kid. That yeah, they're the only teams that have really added so far. So you know, it's it's slowly but surely for all these teams, us included, clearly, and a lot of replacing special players. You know, what's the thing that people have been posting about, about all the players? Yeah, that have been uh, on you know all you know first, second, third teams of the valley this past year. Most of them are gone outside of just a couple, and clearly, the reigning player of the year is still here, and that's all that matters. We know Darren had. Maybe some coaching options, but they they choked in that game. If they would have kept going, then who knows how all that would be deemed. So that's still intact as far as we know now. So, yeah, slowly but surely for everybody. Quickly, I mentioned the Fulbright U Collective there. It's really towards basketball right now. They said they want to expand to other sports. As we've said, Brian had some notes on it. We did retweet if you guys want to go check that out. Because it's sold towards basketball, it's important to be able to convince people, pay them a little bit. They're maybe getting some fans involved. A lot of things going on with this. And we said in the tweets, getting with the times, it's doing everything as a mid-major you need to do. You need to have, you know, the, the fans, you know, be even more involved, have more donors, have people pitch in more and to be able to convince. Because, again, you can get people picked as your, from your mid-major program. You need to be able to convince people as well. So that's important. And, oh, that segues into being able to convince a lot of players to come here after everything that's happened, after – the players leaving dust kind of evaporates until obviously we're moving forward now and we want new players. Like I said, since March 20th, we've been in on a lot since then. Like I said, a couple of the last couple of days, one notable today, dive into all of them. And then you can give your thoughts. If you did watch the tape on them, uh, who you initially would like to have, then I'll talk about mine and we'll kind of go through that. Cause like I said, the list is growing, but everyone since then, and we'll kind of rank who we like most out of everybody. Yeah, I'll just go over the couple guys that we have missed out on so far that we know of. Um, Desi Jones was a point guard from Quinnipiac. Um, He is headed down to Austin Peay, the former Missouri Missouri State um, assistant coach, building a really good program for the Atlantic Sun there. Caleb Thornton, a point guard from Northern Illinois, headed to Akron to play for John Gross. Rashid Bello, we do know he has cut his list. We made the final five, I believe. Now he's down to two. Um, Northern Kentucky and Purdue-Fort Wayne. Terrence Ford, um, a point guard from Arkansas State. He withdrew from the portal. He's going to stay and play for the new coach. That was an Alabama assistant. Um, we mentioned Jalen Jackson already, headed back home to play at Purdue-Fort Wayne. Landon Moore, he's a freshman from St. Francis. Not officially out on him. Um, but did see a tweet yesterday that there's like 
five or six schools that have reached out to him the most. Um, Illinois State and Drake being two of those, and Connor Enright was doing recruiting on there. Um, they were Illinois Wolves teammates back in the day with Scotty. Um, we know Cameron Hunter cut his list. Now he's reopened, um, but I think he'll probably end up at Arkansas, so probably out on him. A guy we do know we had an in-home visit with, Justin Wright, NC Central, headed to Loyola Marymount. Um, then some big guys we were in on, Johnny O'Neill from American, headed to Santa Clara, Tyler Hauser, 6'9", from VMI, headed to Delaware. Um, then Trayton Thompson, the 6'11", big man from Minnesota, headed to Stetson. So those are the guys we met out, missed out on. But since we last talked, there's been – Several, several interests reported, um, starting to the one from tonight. Um, seven footer from Illinois, University of Illinois, Brandon Lieb, um, appeared in 16 games this past season as a junior. Um, this is a guy that, when we're as Illinois fans, we were comfortable seeing Brad play, and Brad was not afraid to throw him in there. Um, if other guys got in foul trouble, um, not sure exactly. He has some pretty good lists. UIC, Illinois State, Valley guys reaching out, but also teams like LSU and Memphis. Um, I think he'll eventually get some offers down the line that probably out of reach for us. Um, Tevin Smith um, from Danville, Illinois, from Denver University, 6'5 guard, averaged just under 11 points three rebounds, and one and a half assists per game. Shot 50 54% from the field as a sophomore. Bradley, UIC, Illinois State. So um, all the Valley schools in Illinois going in after the former Danville product. Kareem Thompson, Oral Roberts, 6'5 guard. Um, shot 36% from three as a senior this past season. Um, Wichita State, who hired the Oral Roberts coach, Murray State, Belmont, in on him. Jake Wolf from Aurora, Illinois, Moorhead State guy, transfer, Belmont, Murray State, and um, University of Springfield or Southern Indiana. In on him, averaged nine points a game for Moorhead State and the OVC, shot 36% from three as a redshirt senior. Then Mahoom Bayoum, I would pronounce it, 6'10 from Emporia State, a Division II program, was a redshirt sophomore, has some eligibility. Seven points a game, three rebounds, shot 64 64% from the field. Abilene Christian, UT Martin, teams like that, Wyoming in on him. Terrell Err Jr., a 6'7 wing, um, average seven points a game and six rebounds for Presbyterian as a sophomore. IUPUI, Jacksonville, Northeastern in on him. Um, talked about Okai being in on him. Isaiah Swope. We played him. He dropped 11 points when they embarrassed us over there. 5'10 point guard, averaged 15.6 points a game. Tyrone Mosley, a 6'6 guard from Chicago, Mississippi Valley State transfer. Shot 49% from three, 52 from the field, averaged 11 a game. Would be a really good nad. Then Mason Walters, the NAIA player of the year, Jamestown University, 6'9". Uh, 26 a game, nine rebounds, shot 64% from the field as a senior. Um, a lot of guys on our list. We've went through, I went through the guys we've already missed out on. So a lot of guys, um, the top of my list right now, if I were just to do a top, a top five, I still Marquise Kennedy at the top of my list. Um, I think he's a guy that, it starts at the two right away. Fits really well next to X. Um, love that addition. I still think Jamel King taking a chance on him coming from a big school at West Virginia. Um, what he could bring to the table is always a guy. Um, Mason Walters. I know he's coming from NAIA, um, but I think at six nine he could play right next to Clarence, help us rebound, but give you kind of a Marcus style game um, is a pretty good lefty there. Um, I like Terrell Erd Jr. Has some eligibility at six, seven coming from Presbyterian. I like that wing six, seven body. Um, then at five, if we could land him, um, Jason Jito Bo from six, 11 guy from Florida, big man 
Um, I know there's some bigger schools in on him, but if we can get a guy like that, just come in here and dominate with size in the Valley would be huge. Yeah, and I think, and we've talked before about if they're in on certain positions, clearly they're wanting to fill it. We talked about we got three bigs as it stands right now, and we maybe they want the four. But again, like Clarence came out of nowhere because they had to, and they're at the time it seemed it seemed like over recruit, but just get him, convince him because of what he did. That can be kind of a spur of the moment thing. Uh, so maybe like they're looking at it. Well, we have fourth big, but obviously, if we get a guy like Jitaboa or Brandon Lee, they're starting. And say, well, we would love Clarence at the four. It seems like the position he he needs to play anyway. But you have Scotty and Cade there, and those development of those guys. So, yeah, I mean, Jitaboa is still getting looked at from you know bigger schools. Watching his tape, he's a big body. He's a guy that can come move people in the valley. So, you know, he was at Florida for a reason. He was dedicated to them for those four years and did well. Uh, Loyola's in on him and Seton Hall as well. Uh, I mean, yeah, guys like Malik Tidwell put up. And there's only a couple guys that dropped, you know, 20 more points, but they were all at the D2 or NI, NAIA level or D3 level. It's D2, D3, and NAI, And that's the thing. That's why, like, these moves aren't sexy, per se. If they go somewhere else, people would say, well, why couldn't we get them? But if we get them, I don't know how sexy it would be to some people. And as you said, I, I like Mason Walters a lot. He does have the Marcus game. If you watch his tape, he's good in the post. He does rebound. He can hit the floater. He can space the floor. And it's important because teams like Bradley and Drake are in on him. Like, you feel like if we can get him, he is a senior. He's only using one more year. That production speaks for itself. But no matter, you can just watch people and say, that guy can play at this level. At the mid-major level, he can play. That's how Raheem Anthony is to me. I think we have a good chance for Raheem. He's from Chicago. We kind of narrowed it down in a funny way of guys who follow with the back are the ones that are actually interested in SIU per se or just the ones that are more active on Twitter. I do like Raheem. He's a big body. He's a freak athlete. And he can do everything. He's got a nice step back. Yeah, he's a lefty. He's a good shooter. I would like to have him. I'd like to have Walters. I uh, do like Ty Mosley a lot because teams like Murray enter on him. I could see him going there. You mentioned uh, Thompson because I forgot, yeah, that Or Roberts did go to Wichita. I could see him going there, going to the American. Isaiah Swope's got too many teams in on him. He said himself it's going to take me a little bit more time because he's got a gajillion list, and he is really good point guard. It's only being a sophomore this past season. Okai obviously is there. We have our own marksman and and Foster, so that fits whatever teams like Bryant and Valpo are in on him as well. I do like Erd. He's also he, Johnny O'Neill who went to Santa Clara. Those are the three I narrowed down to like the biggest freak athletes who also can do everything else. And Erd isn't much of a shooter, which that's the worry, but his eligibility is is nice at that size, yes, and he's a freak athlete. Uh Mahim Boom, you know, big mind, he's kind of he's kind of Saku, he's kind of that. Like you don't really want a guy like that, no matter how well he shoots. Uh, you know, Jake Wolf came from a good Morehead State team, but kind of he's not up there. And then uh do like Tevin Smith because other Valley teams are in on him as well. Um uh, but yeah, I like Mason Walters, Raheem Anthony, definitely Jamel King. We talked about him. How can you go? And he had little production, but he could go somewhere that maybe people ran on him out of high school if they still had interest and just say, you're at the wrong place, man. But the teams we saw that were interested in him, the Georgia State, Tennessee States of the world, Tulsa, we can get him over over schools like that. And we don't know if that is. Some people quote the tweet that we saw. Oh, and also these teams ran on him. So not sure exactly with him. He's at the top of the list. You mentioned Marquise is a no-doubter. I'm, I don't know if he'd be persuaded to go to a Purdue or then a Bradley who has to fill other guard spots as well, even though they have Duke and whatever. So that fit's not really there. Marquise and Brian, I'm sure, know each other for sure. Drew can kind of be Marquise to Brian, like Brian could be with Lance to to Drew. You never know. I do like DJ Smith's ability to score. He's kind of undersized. He's got to play a lot. He's not going to come off the bench, especially in his upperclassman years. He, it's a weird fit next to X. If you don't want to rebound – you got to fill your three, four, and five spots to rebound because DJ Smith's not going to do that. I like him. Jonathan Beagle's going somewhere huge. He's probably the best player here. Do you like Tedrick Wilcox? He's just a veteran. He used that extra year. He's got nice talent at the good size and other people as well. Yeah, Bella trimmed his list. Don't think we can get a guy like Avante Parker. Uh, Landon Moore is probably going to go to a Valley school because we saw Noah. He was on a high school or Illinois Wolves team with Connor Enright, with Scotty Abube. So it's like, okay, do you want to play with Connor? You want to play with Scotty and Enright's already tweeted about it. We need Scotty to, I guess, tweet about it. I like Landon Moore. He's at the top of my list as well. Like Tipler has whatever. And we know NJ Thomas ran on as well, but no, back to that. Which one would he rather choose? Obviously 
anybody would want to play at Drake in the status that they are. If he goes to that team, they're ever more dangerous than they already are. You know, if he's picking between his buddies of Connor Enright and Scotty, like I said, Connor kind of already has a head start on him in, in terms of convincing because that's what it takes in recruiting, whether you're a coach or a player. It obviously matters in recruiting and it matters on relationships. Maybe we can, maybe Scotty and Connor can maybe fight for Landon Moore. Yeah. Uh, um, the little weasel might get the best of Scotty somehow. Uh, he would fight to the death. Um, but yeah, definitely think that um, if they're, if he's giving out information that these are the six teams or whatever, how many teams were on that list that have contacted him the most, I mean, maybe we are, set our eyes on somebody else at this point, but definitely think he ends up in the Valley, probably at Drake. Uh, they got a lot of spots back. Um, so don't know, expect, can't wait for this month to go by. Um, we'll keep you guys updated, um, potentially come back for a short episode sometime next week, maybe if we get a staff change and get any more news on the recruiting trail. So um, that'll do it for us for tonight. A lot of things happen, emotional week, um, some good and bad, but this is a lot to go. This is a lot to go through and hope you guys stayed with us through it all.